You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Support for this podcast comes from the Utah Office of Tourism, announcing the Four Corners School of Outdoor Education offering premier rafting trips on the San Juan River in the Bears Ears Cedar Mesa area. Join in rafting adventures that include yoga, music, photography, and more throughout this majestic waterway with a relaxing float on passenger rafts. Visit fourcornerschool.org backslash adventure for more information. Get up in the evening feeling like Craig Thompson. Yeah. Grab my laptop, set up my mic, I'm gonna rant and rave some. Before I record, grab a glass of Coke and Jack. Cause when we begin recording, I know I'm not refilling that. Talking previewing all the games, analyzing stats and plays, laughing, poking fun at names. Jeremy reads and quotes Phil Steelzine, pulling up numbers and reads. Starting to get a bit off topic, see? What? Don't stop, make it hot, yell about the games not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't stop, make it hot, yell about the takes not. Chris will start a fight. About the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're biased against your team and we make that clear. Don't get paid, don't ever fade, cause we're already here. Talk about hoops and football, cause we got all the swagger. Sometimes guests come on the show, but we never have Mick Jagger. All the writers cramping up. Matt's throwing his arms up. Kyle's got all the funny stuff. We go until SBN shuts us down. Or Mountain West hunts us down. Mountain West shuts us down. Nobody's gonna shut us down. Don't stop, make it hot. Yell about the takes, not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 don't stop, make it hot, yell about the takes, not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. And welcome back to the latest Mountain West Connection podcast. Jeremy Moss here. We're continuing our preview series within the conference for non-conference opponents. This afternoon, evening, morning, this particular episode, we're going to talk Arizona State with the folks over at HouseOfSparky.com. Talking with Kalen Jones over there. We've already recorded the interview. I wanted the more proper intro because we had a few uh, technical issues going through how we like to record. So I didn't want to just to jump into the episode like, wait, what is this guy? We're talking to who? What? What's going on? But we're talking Arizona State. Aztecs week two out in Tempe, September 9th. Got a lot of good info from Kalen going over the quarterback position. All the new coaches Arizona State brought in. Is Todd Graham on the hot seat? Maybe. We'll see. And we'll get to uh, Kalen Jones here in just a moment. Again, it's Arizona State, San Diego State. 
check out their site as well, houseofsparky.com, to get all the info leading up to this game. And I will get to our interview with uh, Mr. Kalen Jones. Hey, do, you, do I have you finally? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me now? I hear something. How did this work? What happened? <laughs> uh, they have a phone call. They have a phone number that you can call in. So I did that. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. No, I don't know. Let's, go. Let's just get going, man. We're on a time crunch here. Apparently, we only have 18 minutes left when I chose a half hour show. So this will be exciting oh. for folks. I will see if I can piece this together, maybe re upload it later. But we made it work. I think so. I think we're working. We're going to talk <laughs> Arizona State football because you're over at houseofsparky.com. So. Let's just get going, and if it works, great. If not, well, we wasted an hour of our time today, but I think we're going to be good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll make it work. It's no, we'll we'll figure something out. But let's just start with this. We're doing what we're doing here in our website is getting a quick preview of as many non-conference teams as possible, which is about fifty for us. So trying to get as much um, of this possibly done. So let's go with Arizona State and kind of go big picture. We're not going to dive extremely deep, but give us give us everyone your thoughts about. How spring, how spring went out there in Tempe? Spring was definitely interesting. I think the biggest question mark heading in, obviously, was the quarterback controversy, or at least the quarterback con- competition. I guess you went to the controversy. But um, the, the Sun Devils imported um, former five-star quarterback Blake Barnett from Alabama, brought, bringing him in to compete with uh, returning starter um, Manny Wilkins for the starting job. And it was actually pretty, um, at least in my opinion, and – you know, several other uh, writers and pundits from around the area agreed that Wilkins had a pretty strong hold of the competition the entire time. Uh, a lot of it, at least I would contribute it or attribute it, would be to um, the fact that Barnett hasn't been in uh, acclimated into the system, and Wilkins just looked really uh, comfortable and uh, really set himself apart as being the number one starter heading into at least the summer session. So, uh, as far as the quarterback competition, um, it looks at least for now, it was solidified. It's clear that there's a number one and a number two between Wilkins and Barnett. Um, Dylan Sterling Cole, who saw some action last year as a freshman, uh, he's probably going to end up redshirting this year. Bryce Perkins, who was expected to compete for a, a more of a backup role, he actually ended up announcing that he's going, or at least there are reports that they're, that he intends to transfer out of the school. So it's pretty solidified as far as the quarterback competition. Uh, the skill positions, regardless of who's starting the quarterback, there's definitely a lot of talent. I know you said not to dive too deeply, but uh, Kalen Balaj, record holder for uh, most touchdowns scored in a single game last year against Texas Tech. Uh, him and Damari Richards form arguably the best running back tandem in the entire country. And then Nikhil Harry on the outside, who will end up probably being the Sun Devils' next uh, first-round pick if they do have one in the next couple of years. He really came onto the scene after being ranked number one receiver um, in his recruiting class. And then as a true freshman, was the leading target last year. So there's definitely a plethora of uh, offensive weapons. I think that'll be in, in sync with new offensive coordinator Billy Napier. Um, defensively, uh, Bill Bennett comes in from Baylor. They expect him to kind of revamp everything and, you know, piece together something out, out of the, uh, what's been a very suspect defense over the course of the past two years. Um We'll see whether or not they can hold up. They lost uh, starting safety Armand Perry to retirement. But there's a couple of other returners, uh, both in the secondary and along the front seven, that should be impact players this year. So it's definitely – I think there's some optimism heading into the new year uh, around some of the nation. So run a couple of things on the offense. You have a lot of guys coming back in notice you're receiving. Is it a big deal losing Tim White because he was the leading receiver in receptions? Well, within two, 58 to 56. Is that a, is he going to be easily replaced by – Maybe, like you said, uh, Nikhil Harry or maybe even 
somebody else taking the torch there, like uh, you have a like Jalen Harvey, perhaps. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting because I think Tim's production was something that the Thunder was really missed last year. Even though he, as you noted, he ended up being one of the top contributors regardless. Um, they, they expect John Humphrey and Ryan Newsom, two transfers. Um, I believe Newsom is coming out of Texas and Humphrey is from Oklahoma. He runs a four point two, and we definitely saw that throughout spring, like how how quick he is and how fast he is out the slot. Um, he's definitely going to be able to contribute and really pick up the pace. Uh, out of that slot position. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Harvey. That's someone who Billy Napier has been really high on throughout the spring and during the spring game. Uh, they saw at least they used him in multiple ways, not only outside, but they put him in the slot, playing more of that H-back uh, slash, uh, slash role, even though he's not necessarily a speed wide out. Um, he's very consistent as far as his hands and route running, so that's going to be interesting. But I think there's there's enough talent to pieces. I wouldn't say um, any of them are up to the level of Tim White personally, but I think there's enough uh, talent around to pick up for the production that he's leaving behind. All right. Because looking at the – they score a lot of points, it looks like, but they see some issue about offensive line kind of continuity. Is that going to be a concern next year to protect whoever's throwing the ball? Yeah, it will, and that's only because last year you didn't really get any consistency out of the guys that they had um, along the line, mostly because of injury. Um, you're losing a, a couple of guys in, uh, in Evan Goodman, who really was a key contributor last year. Um, the center position, I think, is probably something that um, will be most under question. You're having a, either a, a walk-on Richard Sr. and Tyler McClure, who will end up winning the starting job, or a transfer in Adrian McCollum, who struggled last year and actually uh, missed a couple games after being uh, suspended from the team for a couple reasons. Um, but as far as the offensive line is concerned, I think pass protection will be the biggest issue. Uh, running the ball, they look pretty solid as a group. Uh, they brought in a new offensive line coach uh, to really come in and revamp everything. So uh, I think they're, at least from what Todd Graham was saying throughout the spring, um, everything seems to be solidified. They have a starting five that seems to be the consistent unit that you saw every every single day during the spring our practices with the first team units. Um, so we'll see whether or not they can find their way. But they have a couple of, of veteran guys along the line, Sam Jones, Quinn Bailey. Those are guys who have seen, you know, their roles at least evolve over the course of the past two years and seen consistent playing time. So I think if the, the Sun Devils really uh, hinge on those two guys and they'll be able to move forward and, you know, at least see success in the running game. I think pass protection and pass pro will be the biggest question mark heading into the new year. So there's a lot of coaches I've noticed you mentioned, you say new offensive line coach, new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. Is this all like the last chance for Todd Graham to, to keep his job if he uh, happens to either do, well, basically like the hot seat. You, usually you bring in new coaches because there's trouble somewhere. Is he in that um, risk of losing his job if they don't go to a bowl game again this year? Yeah, I, I think it is at that point. Um, even though you, you look at the Sun Devils, and obviously they don't have the same um, talent as some of the other upper two uh, teams in the Pac-12, but this is definitely, I would say, his last gasp. Um, he's lost a lot of coaches too, not because of you know poor play, but some of them just moved on to better jobs. You see, um, their tight ends coach, Del Alexander, actually moved on to Notre Dame uh, to, to take a wide receivers coach position. Mike Norvell. 
Uh, that's obviously the biggest name. He moved on the year before to go take a head coaching job at Memphis, and he went 8-5 and five in his first year. So it's not that Graham's staff is necessarily bad. You saw Chip Lindsey move on to Auburn, and there was a report earlier today that I saw that he has full control over the offense uh, instead of uh, Gus Malzahn, who's considered a genius. And it's really interesting to see. Um, I, I think that Graham gets a lot of slack, but at the same time, it, he is considered to be a defensive-minded uh, coach. And it was interesting that they brought in Phil Bennett to, you know, not necessarily forcibly um, weaken his grasp on the defense, but it, it, his grasp and control over that unit has definitely been weakened a little bit. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he can coexist with this group of coaches. But they seem to all mesh really well. Um, one thing I'll, I'll try to keep this more brief, but um, the one thing that, that stands out is uh, the culture that they try to establish, and they seem to all be on the same page, even though there's a bunch of different personalities. I think from just watching them all interact together without them speaking about it, they seem to really mesh together and seem to be on the same page. So hopefully that translates onto the field this year. Okay, so with their defense, looking at – we know Arizona State wasn't great last year, gave up nearly 40 points per game. Bennett, I know he's coached for about 40-plus years or so, Baylor's defense wasn't mm-hmm. good last year. They're basically just as bad as Arizona State. So is it just to bring in another experienced coach and hope him and Graham together can figure something out and having more experience with the players returning? It just seems like, well, okay, we'll bring the guy who's experienced, but he wasn't – I know Baylor wasn't – past couple years hasn't been amazing, but he it's not like Bennett was this up-and-coming coach or had these amazing years able to steal away from Baylor. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was more of a familiarity uh, signing. And I guess that him and uh, Bennett, or Graham and Bennett have worked previously together. So that, uh, in that sort of sense, that did make sense. Um, you bring in someone who is considered, and Bennett is someone that who, who like uh, Graham, is someone who's considered to be uh, more innovative with their defensive schemes, even though in the past couple of years it hasn't been successful. When Bennett did first arrive at Baylor, um, Baylor did end up ranking within the top half, you know, I won't, which isn't too impressive, but it's serviceable defense. And if anything, he understands uh, the one thing, or at least the one principle that they both uh, reiterated multiple times was that they both want to put the best 11 players on the field at the same time. And if they can find a way to do that, um, then they'll be able to have some sort of success and at least have a decent defense. Last year, we, I mean, there were questionable personnel decisions, um, and obviously play calling was the biggest issue, but I just think from a personnel standpoint last year, um, I, I think the Sun Devils could have made a couple of different decisions uh, that would have changed things. Uh, injuries definitely hampered them, but I think this year, if they even if they do suffer some injuries, um, these two will be able to find a way. Bennett is someone who is, I would say, very aggressive in his defensive approach, similar to Graham. So I think if you bring in someone who's similar-minded, and has a little bit of more experience playing against high-powered offenses than Grambo's, um, I think it's definitely beneficial. I don't think that it can hurt, even though, like you pointed out, Baylor wasn't exactly a defensive juggernaut or even good, basically, but over the past <laughs> couple of years. But I think when you have someone who understands versatility and you look at the weapons that ASU has defensively, especially with guys who are, I would say, positionless and more Swiss Army knife-related, um, guys like Marcus Ball who play linebacker in that spur uh, safety hybrid position. Karan Crump is uh, a defensive end who ended up racking up nine and a half sacks last year, but is built like a safety um, and runs like a cornerback. So it, it's really interesting to see the personnel type that they have. It, and I think it gives them an opportunity to have two people in the room, not just one, who are able to look and assess the types of personnel that they have 
and input them into the defensive scheme according to where they can fit best. All right, so there's some optimism. Yeah, Baylor's just past couple of years, but if you if he's an innovative guy, that could always uh, help the team out. Because if you look at who you guys are playing, like he's familiar with Texas Tech. So look mm-hmm. what like uh, Arizona, Rich Rod, he wants to do offensively. Even um, a little bit kind of Oregon, their chain of Taggart, he's going to be somewhat familiar with what they're running because the Big 12 playing against Tech, Texas, Oklahoma a little bit, like to sling it out there. So let me ask you this about the after spring, where you think they stand within the Pac-12. I'm looking at a couple of places. They're near the bottom. Like ESPN has them 10th of their power rankings. Most of these publications have them in the bottom third. Do you feel that's a correct assessment of where they're at after spring football? Yeah, that that's pretty accurate. And that's not something, you know, this on ASU, but, you know, let's be realistic. Last year didn't go well at all. And I think the biggest thing with ASU is depth. Um, you look at their front, their, their starting units are serviceable and they can compete. They can go toe-to-toe with some of these upper-tier teams. But when you get into the second, third team units, which is what was happening with ASU last year, once the injury bug caught them, um, they weren't able to keep up with anyone, really. So it's definitely interesting. But I, I think right now you're looking at them finishing around six or seven, ultimately in the conference overall. I would be shocked if they did that at all uh, right now. Um, though I, I, I do think that, you know, eighth and ninth, that positioning is, you know, more reasonable heading into the, the summer, at least at this point in the year. So let's touch briefly a tiny bit on San Diego State. It's week two on September 9th out there in Tempe. Looking at um, ESPN's FPI power and just projection wins. They have a five wins. They're giving Arizona State like a 75% chance to win this game. I know Aztecs lost a couple of guys to the NFL. Most people know who Donald mm-hmm. Pumphrey. He's Donald Pumphrey's gone with the Eagles now drafted. But to me, maybe it's biased or just seeing kind of weird thoughts, kind of like how ASU finished last year not great. San Diego State won 11 games. Yes, conference talent wise, recruiting is different. But what are your thoughts on that high percentage of kind of like almost a almost not a gimme win, but a pretty good, very good chance to uh, for Arizona State to beat New Mexico State, then beat San Diego State and be two and zero. Well, I look at it this way. They're at home. It's the second week of the season, and it it comes down to whether or not who they have starting starting a quarterback, too. I, I think that'll be the biggest thing. Um, but for, I mean, looking at San Diego State, though, too, I mean, you, they lost uh, Nico Saragusa, right? They're one of their, mm-hmm. their more important offensive linemen. Uh, Pumphrey, like you pointed out, I'm going to say there was a cornerback from there, too. Um, yeah, DeMonte Casey is gone. Calvin yeah, Casey, yeah, gone, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, they, they've lost a big amount of people, too. When you look at ASU, they're returning a lot of their key contributors from last year. They're not moving too many important pieces um, from the puzzle from last year. And you expect that those players would have another year of experience, and you expect them to get better. So, and, and considering that, as I pointed out, I think that they can go toe-to-toe with some of the better teams, at least their front-line unit, or their, their first teams can go toe-to-toe with some of these better Pac-12 teams. I think they just match up from a talent standpoint. I would say that they're on a different level from San Diego State right now. When it comes time to play, though, I wouldn't be surprised at all because San Diego State, has, at least I've seen in the past couple of years, they seem to grind out, uh, grind games out against better opponents and really, you know, force them to play down to their level or they play up the level of their, their opponent. So I, I, the high percentage does kind of surprise me. Um, I would say maybe it's more in the 60s or maybe the upper 50s, but I, I – you know, I don't know what the metrics are behind all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Like seventy-five. I'm like, this seems a bit high. I, I'm safe to do. I'd give Arizona State the edge. I'd say, like you said, maybe 
58-65% would have been probably where I'm thinking. Aztecs do have right. this. I know you lose Penny there, or not Penny, but um, K, uh, Pumphrey gone. They do another running back, Richard Penny, 1,000 yards past a couple of years backing up Pumphrey. So they're thinking in San Diego is like, well, he'll nearly do just as good. But Aztecs have their issues. Their quarterback, I will say it, not very good. They haven't had receiving in a while. They lose a bunch of defensive key players on defense, but Rocky Long with 3-3-5 gets pretty creative. It can do some good things. I think it'll be mm-hmm. a pretty close game. I'd probably lean to ASU at this point for talking middle of May, man. Memorial Day weekend, essentially a lot could happen, but I think it'll, it could be one of the more under-the-radar games that weekend because both these teams, I think ASU's on the rise a bit, and more, more and more people know San Diego State. They've won 22 games the past couple of years. So it's a, hopefully it's a good one. I don't want, I don't want to see these stinking blowouts or anything. Those are no fun. Yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> All right, any uh, last thoughts you have about we need to know I didn't touch on ASU really quick before we wrap this up? Any uh, nuggets or something you dying to tell people? Um, <laughs> I mean, expect to see me. It can be Wilson's no, it's okay, Wilson's. sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you, you can expect to see me, Wilkins. I know a lot of fans are expecting uh, Blake Barnett to somehow pull it out, but, uh, I mean, as of right now, it, it's going to be me, Wilkins, who you see starting week two unless he – somehow gets outplayed by Marnette during week one, uh, you can be prepared for that. And I think it's actually going to be a really good game, like you said. All right, good stuff, Kalen. So everybody check out this stuff with Kalen Jones over at houseofsparky.com. I'll probably have to tweak this up because um, technical issues seem to bite us today, but we'll make it work. (laughs) Some folks may be able to hear this live because we are live technically now, but I'll probably re-upload this and take out the two minutes of silence at the beginning or me giving out your area code. But we'll be good. We'll, we'll get going. So, again, thanks for hopping on with us, and good luck later this year when um, these two teams play. should be a good one. I appreciate it, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. One more time, thank you again, Kalen Jones, who joined us to talk Arizona State versus San Diego State. Houseofsparky.com is their website, so go definitely check them out. Good stuff there going over who's going to be quarterback. Look like it's going to be the incumbent there, not the Alabama transfer coming in. The running game, he, he's high on it despite them last year looking at, looking at their numbers were 110 of the country. Sacks could be an issue as the offensive line was pretty terrible. I think, believe they were 128th in sacks allowed. Even though Aztecs, like I mentioned, losing to Montecasey, uh, losing to Calvin Munson, other players on the defensive side of the ball, Rocky Long has pretty much had defense overall that's been good. And there shouldn't be too many hiccups, but it is early in the season, so we'll see how that goes. But this should be a pretty good game. That 75% ESPN FPI projection has seems a bit high, as we both agree. We, we both say Sun Devils should be favored, at least at this point here in May, heading into the summer. But check out our podcast. We're on Blog Talk Radio. We're on TuneIn. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher Radio as well. And check out our website, mwcconnection.com. As always, folks, yeah, we're biased to get your team. <laughs>